Hello and welcome to the Knowledge Panel Show, episode 25, How to Keep Your SEO Clients Happy. As normal, I've got a, a great panel in with me. Uh, we've got one uh, down due to COVID, I'm afraid, uh, but uh, uh, Sarah, Himani and Jake are with us and uh, hopefully we're going to have a great chat over the next uh, 45 minutes over how to keep your SEO clients happy. We can probably use the fact that I've just said no to giving somebody a refund as a uh, as a as a bad example of how to keep your clients happy, and we can talk about whether you should or shouldn't. Uh, but uh, a great great team to 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 get going with. Uh, why don't I ask you guys to start off by saying who are you and, and where do you come from, Sarah? Why don't you go because I couldn't pronounce your surname, so you're going to have to say it yourself to us all. <laughs> Okay, I will do it. So my name is Sarah Moko Sayeg. So worse than that, it couldn't be. And uh, I work at Leap, which is a mobile and development agency. And I do SEO for the clients of uh, that come to us to build a website. And I do SEO from some clients that just come for SEO and analytics. And you're, so, you're sort of a huge company there, aren't you? So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's probably the largest development company than there is in Switzerland. Okay. okay. Yeah, I didn't say that. I come from Switzerland. All right. So okay. that yeah. is... Fair that, yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, it is. like. Thanks for coming on the show, Sarah. Uh, Himani, uh, tell us about yourself. Where do you come from? Hey, everyone. Uh, I am Himani Kankaria from India, and I own an organic marketing agency uh, which specializes on content-driven SEO. So we are mostly into, you know, content optimization, on-page optimization, and all of those stuff. And we really aggressively target featured snippets. So, you know, every content that comes, it's featured snippets is the tar first target that we keep. Okay, quite specific. So that sounds a, a, a good plan. Jake, how about you? Uh, who are you and where do you come from? Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Jake Gauntley. Um, I'm from the northeast of England, but currently live in sunny London. Very sunny today. Um, started working in SEO in 2011, so just over a decade in the game. Uh, currently working at Reprise Digital uh, here in London been here for the last five years, manage a team of six people, and we cover um, some large multi-market global SEO accounts. And welcome to the show, Jake. Uh, and uh, yeah, so Jake and I are in are in sunny UK, and sunny UK is approaching 40 degrees today, So, uh, which is going to be a record for us. So uh, we have one other person from the UK in, 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 the, uh, in the building as well. David, my producer, I'll bring David in. David, uh, what have I missed out today? <laughs> Oh, you're getting very good at not, in, not missing things out, actually. I, I don't know if there's any job for me anymore, Dixon. <laughs> there, I, there certainly is. <laughs> look, I just want to share with the listener, um, you're probably listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, one of those platforms. If you are, come and join us live next time if you can, theknowledgepanelshow.com. Sign up to watch the next show live, um, join the hilarity, ask some questions live, and hopefully we'll see you there next time. Okay, so let's start off with my uh, my new phrase, the uh, tip at the top. Uh, one one takeaway: if people haven't got time to hang around for forty five minutes, uh, when it comes to keeping your SEO clients happy, what one tip at the top would you guys give? And let's go in the other order now. So, Jake, why don't you go first? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, without a doubt, my my tip at the top would have to be education. Um, I think it's so important. Uh, right way through a relationship from the second you start kind of working with the client or prospect to kind of 
fully educate them um, not only on the processes of the agency, but also about kind of SEO itself. Um, the more you can kind of help educate a client, um, the more likely they'll be useful in kind of getting things implemented and being able to communicate more effectively to get what you want done. Sarah, what, what, what tip have you got for one tip for uh, a takeaway if people haven't got 45 minutes to stay? <laughs> yeah, for me, I think that is communication, but it's very connected to educating people. Because in the reality, like you, I, I like to have clients and I speak to them like uh, once per week or every two weeks. And then automatically you educate them about SEO, the, the how we should uh, work together. And so communication for me is the main tip. So how often will you uh, jump in and talk to your customers? So it depends. It depends. I have some customer then uh, they come for the development, just do a website migration, and then I don't see them anymore. That is very sad. And then I have like a customer, then I like they follow me, they, I follow them, and then we regularly speak like uh, the, the largest one maybe once per week, another one like one per month, but we have like regular meetings. And I love that. I love that. <laughs> I live for that. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, okay, Himani, if I can come back to you, if there's a, a tip that you can give uh, our listeners uh, to take away. Absolutely. So I totally agree with Sarah. It's something, communication is, uh, I mean, I have been the key with uh, Mr. Digital. And uh, we have seen that, you know, the more we talk with them, uh, the more we showcase that the decision making is already taken by us. That's where, you know, they feel like, okay, we have partnered with the right agency. So they need two things. They need to, you know, uh, most of the time they are so much overwhelmed with the, all of the tasks that they already have. Most of the business owner and the marketing heads, what they need is the decision making should be done by the agencies and they should just inform us that, you know, this is what they are doing and whether, uh, I mean, the client should just approve that whether we are on the right direction or not. So, you know, decision making, they want to offload the decision making, but while having really high on the communication side, even if it is possible that, you know, uh, uh, just email them if, for everything that you are doing and even just keep them in CC when you are talking with everyone and even maybe uh, having calls with their development teams regularly. So they feel that, okay, they are, actually concerned about our website and our services and that's how we, uh, they you know will help us so can, can i get ask for clarification there so are you saying that the agency should be leading the decision making or the customer should be leading the decision making no usually i mean what has happened with us is that you know most of the saas companies uh, they try and apart i mean they are always looking for a seo agency which uh, you know takes the decision where they are like you know they have to every time pitch in and take the decision they don't they don't appreciate that so that's why they want that you know the seo agency should identify the challenges and also they should be coming up with a solution they will just play um you know that kind of role where they just have to you know just give the approval or the rejection is that uh, is that in in your Jake and Sarah in, in your experience is that the same same would you say that or do you think it depends from from client to client Jake um yeah I think it kind of de depends client to client I think in some instances from my experience I can't believe of... I just said it depends I'm sorry I did that, <laughs> I did that all by myself sorry about yeah, that that was all, that was all you <laughs> um in, in some instances I think you have to be a, like quite collaborative with clients so for example. Uh, recently, we've been working on a HF Lang project with a client, and 
the usual way that we would recommend the client implement that across their sites kind of isn't possible with how their websites are set up. So we've got to be more collaborative in coming to a, a recommendation that works for them as well as what we kind of want to do as the SEO agency. But I think we would always go in with like, this is what we would recommend the best case scenario and what you should be doing. But then there's always got to be that communication and open dialogue. It's like, well, what can we actually do with the system that you guys have got in place? Yeah, so, so Sarah, you find, find the same? You, or, you know. So for me, it depends on the expertise of the clients also. Sometimes on the other side, you find clients, then they have zero expertise and they come to you and they're like, so what should I do? <laughs> and then, then you, you, you have all the process now behind that kind of clients. And then you have some clients that have already more expertise and then it's more a collaboration with them. And uh, yeah, as Jake said. Then it's more. Uh... So that 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 basically, I mean, and, and Monty's jumped in. And says, it depends because uh, it does uh, from the audience. So thanks for for, for jumping in, Monty. But uh, I, I think um, that then means that it does depend possibly on whether the right client is is matching up with the right agency, doesn't it? Because some some clients are very educated. Uh, or would think they're very educated. They may or may not be, uh, and others, uh, others maybe maybe less so. If they're less educated, then of course they have to they have to allow the agency to lead. But if they if they know what they want, then um, maybe they're taking a more hands on approach, and the uh, and the agency is is sort of having to fulfil the the content requirements or whatever the 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 uh, the message of the day is. And I think maybe that's. Uh, Maybe that's all about aligning expectations, I suppose. Um, trying to find that you've got the the right customer for your way to to, to work is probably a good thing. And I think we were talking about uh, <clears throat> before we we're coming on, you know, choosing the right clients. Sorry, did you say you had the you you had the luxury of being able to choose your clients? <laughs> Exactly the opposite. <laughs> oh, right. You don't have the opportunity. To <laughs> no, okay. Because uh, it is like this. So uh, I have two types of clients. So um, when I say I, I mean the team, <laughs> the, the SE analytics team. I have two types of clients. So one is external. And then they are not connected to the development agency. There we can set our rules. But then we have the clients that are connected to the development agency. So they are clients that are coming because they want a new website. And that is the core business of the agency, building new website. So now imagine that they are spending a bomb. And then I come and I say, listen, I really don't think that we are a good match. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work really internally. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's the, the only choice they've got in town. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, Himani, you, you know, do, do you get the opportunity at all to uh, um, to select or, I suppose, in some cases, fire your clients? <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I should not disclose this, but it's something that happened uh, to us like two or three months ago, I believe. And um, uh, there was a time where uh, uh, the client was very, uh, you know, very choosy on, uh, say, you know, uh, uh, focusing on challenge based and, uh, you know, pain point based uh, content strategy. And what was happening is that, you know, uh, that was not aligning with the queries that actually their audience searches were. 
right so that was the mismatch that was happening we were constantly uh, you know explaining them this that you know you should be focusing on you know uh, you need to focusing on the query based uh, content strategy to make sure that you know your audience is search for you and you are there when they are searching for you right so it was like completely uh, i mean they just wanted uh, that their performance marketing to work and that's why they you know asked us that you know we need these kind of pages which were not it all you know created based on uh, you know uh, search intent but they were mostly created based on you know the audience uh, uh, pain points like you know say whether they would be looking something uh, in a product for strategizing something for collaboration and something for analytics so there was this product around uh, uh, that was from the finance industry and uh, it was something created in that ways and we were not able to identify the queries that would fit in that page so we were like literally tired of you know discussing that these are the keywords we need we need people i mean we need traffic from these queries and on these landing pages and they were like you know there were a lot of huge uh, you know uh, uh, arguments and everything that was happening and then finally we had to say that sorry we the uh, expectations that you had given to us sorry we cannot match that let's you know close this so okay. that was something you know that happened uh, that was really crazy for us as well because we invested a lot of time in doing all that you know thousands and thousands of keyword research clustering and mapping and yeah. then at the end of that you are just telling them that you know no sorry we cannot do things for you and it was like really, even the team was shattered that we had to let them go it's a it's a tiring day when that happens uh, i i i, yeah. I, I and it was a high paying one you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, as happens sometimes, I suppose. So, I mean, are the, are the kind of ideas that you guys have come up with, thoughts you've come up with so far, fit into uh, to the ones that I was sort of picked up uh, from. You know, Search Engine Journal did something in in uh, in October of last year um, on the six most common reasons why uh, why why um, why SEO com- companies you know go wrong, uh, and they were um, misaligned expectations. So very much similar to what you're saying. Feel like misaligned expectations, a failure to educate the client, a lack of value for money, which we haven't just talked about. Your clients don't know what you're doing, which we kind of touched on. No visible results. Fair enough. And the product wasn't ready for SEO. So six ideas, and I think that all of those are probably worth touching on. But before I dive into those into into more depth, um, I wanted to start with a sort of a happier kind of uh, question. You know, have you ever done something that doesn't just you know keep your clients happy, but they they suddenly really delighted? It might be it, it might be sending them a birthday cake or something like that. But you know, what is what is the icing on the cake moment that you you might have that you've uh, you've done with your clients where a client has said yeah i'm really really happy i don't know jake are you willing to go first on that one sure um haven't sent out any birthday cakes yet but i'm going to make a note of that idea um for the future but again uh, going back to kind of what i said um for my tip at the start of the show i think um all of the the really successful accounts that I've been part of have been based around educating the client. Um, obviously, communication is very in, in a very important part of that, but kind of making sure that the client themselves are educated and whether that is training your specific client contact as a person um, or delivering training for the teams internally client side, um, you know, things like the PR teams, development teams, content teams, brand managers, the more that people client side know about how SEO works, I feel like that's where 
more can happen client side. Um, you know, I don't really have control of what happens client side. I can do great work for the agency, but as soon as I send my recommendations over, I'm relying on a completely different set of people to implement that. So if we can kind of get in there and be like business partners as well as service providers, you know, we're helping to educate the people client side. And, and how, think- how do you make that happen? You know, what kind of, how, what does training look like in, uh, in your world? So, I mean, if it's just kind of one-on-one with the, like the client contact, it can be, you know, relatively informal things. If you're taking them through a deliverable and they're not quite sure about things, you can spend some time explaining, you know, more about canonical tags or more about kind of page speed and things like that. But then if they kind of spot a need for you to help the people their side, that can be more formal kind of works, um, like workshops or like training sessions, SEO 101s, things like that. Um, which so, so, so have you gone and gone into their offices in the past and sat that or sat with them and gone through a uh, uh, formal sort of training sessions over t- particular ideas with groups of people from the client? Yeah, yeah, quite a few. Um, common ones that we've done are um, SEO training for like in-house PR teams. Obviously with Link Building, that, that's very, very handy. Um, we've done stuff with developers in the past as well, just kind of giving a bit more context to what we were asking them to do. Um, we've worked with kind of brand managers who part of their new role was to be in charge of local SEO. So we kind of give them a bit of an insight into about local SEO. And it just helps to kind of, like upskill everybody and in the long term will help organic performance uh okay back to the uh to the delight question sarah or himani uh does one of you want to jump in with a uh a, you know a story of delight sarah do you want to go there so finally i got it the story of delight i was like what did i need <laughs> okay i have it uh, so i i remember this one time it was like last year Normally, obviously, if you achieve results is what make a client happy. You know, that is basically why, why they're paying you. But there was this one time, which was in a nightmare. It, it was like uh, the client wanted something that just a few people had, and it was a test by Google. So pff, it was a nightmare. And, and uh, finally, after a, a lot of go back and forward between, I will not explain all the situation, but it was very difficult. With one of the developers inside the company, we obtained it. It, it was a live blog post, so we written live blog <laughs> during uh, the match. And, and finally, when we obtained it, I remember I almost cried and the developer too, because we have worked like two months <laughs> crazily to obtain that. So it was not a developer inside my company, but outside, like from another company. And we were working every day trying to obtain that. And every day we were like depressed. No, not even today. <laughs> and finally we obtained it. So the developer were like, Super happy. He was super proud in front of his team. Finally, <laughs> I was proud in front of the client. Too. <laughs> and so, and so that is like client happy. I was happy. Developer team was happy. That it was like a, a fantastic moment because finally we were all happy. <laughs> Brilliant. Good story. Imani, have you got anything to add on there? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, never had a, you know, this kind of uh, thing where we had to, uh, you know, send a cake or something, you know, where uh, things were really uh, crazily challenging. But what we have, uh, uh, I mean, because there are some of the, you know, large publishing sites who come to us and tell us that, uh, 
uh, he get us on the feature snippets and everything right so in that case what happens is some pages take you know lesser effort and some pages take larger effort to you know optimize those pages so where we see that there are times say you know uh, there is this uh, client uh, uh, they have like billions of organic traffic almost every month so it's like there uh, we had uh, we have to optimize 10 pages a month so what happened is that you know two of their pages took really less effort right so what we did is because we thought that it was very less effort so we identified one more challenging page and we delivered the optimization for the 11 pages so that's what made them really happy that okay that you guys identified that it was the less effort and you took the initiative and told us that okay this is the page that you are taking up next for this month itself so that little effort you know helped us uh, uh, and uh, obviously there are uh, areas where they feel that okay uh, you know they given they have given us something for free you know So that's what uh, make them really little happy. And the good thing, the thing that made you feel good there, I suppose, is that you you find yourself on the front foot as opposed to being, you know, at the at the beck and call of the customers, uh, the customers, yeah. you know, demands and things there. Okay, brilliant. Let's get on to uh, to uh, to one of the reasons that, that that was cited, not not by you guys, but 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 by a wider audience. Um, but one of the reasons that customers aren't happy is they can't sense a concept of a value for money um how might we how might you how might you mitigate that and set it off so that doesn't become an issue um i don't know if anyone wants to stick their hand up and go first on that one sarah switched off her microphone oh, switched on her so you're going first go on so i think that there is one of the thing that helps me and probably helps the client is to set the target and to set like the um uh, the analytics goals so that normally if you reach them <laughs> it helps you to understand okay so i'm in the right way and if not you know then you're wrong and then you have to assume discuss with the client and uh, adapt. so you're setting targets based on the amount of organic traffic or what they all paid or it depends dep- on your business that it depends that it depends okay. on the client a lot i know that i shouldn't say it depends because you said at the beginning but again sorry about that but it depends so my the advantage like i'm not like the best in analytics to be honest what i have is uh, then i have the advantage that there is a inside the team there are like four people that are specialized in analytics The entire day, it's analytics, tracking, setting, doing workshop on analytics and everything. So my advantage is then I have them to to support me. And then they will uh, do some workshop, for example, with the client. I will be there. And then they will do, and then we can set the goals. And then they will drive the clients also to, to have the correct goal. And then like this, normally we... We are all happy at the end. If I don't set, if I don't arrive to the result, if that happens, okay, I will find an explanation to that. Okay, I might I might come back on that, but I, I think I'll let uh, Himani and Jake jump in first as to you know how they might you know stop that from becoming an issue. Jake, do you want to go? Um, I mean, I think for me on like the the lack of value, um, it's more so being open and honest upfront at the beginning of the project about kind of what a client can expect for the money that they're paying for that project um, and then finding out what value is to them. I mean, obviously for like a lot of e-commerce businesses, that's going to be make more money, but also like in terms of the client contact themselves, like are there any specific, you know, 
metrics, vanity metrics, like goals personally that they have that you can then continuously tie the results back to. Um, so, you know, whether that's kind of using smaller impact reports um, to show like continuous progress of the tactics that you're doing, but then from a more strategic view in things like QBRs, that's when you're looking at the overall impact to money. Um, like I said, vanity metrics, if they've got um, their heart set on some page one generic uh, non-brand ranking that they really want to rank for, but maybe wouldn't be super value for, for them, like, is that something that you say, oh, look, we're now ranking first page for this, that they will get a personal sense of value from? Um, or there's also the, the element of if they want to see the value for money with your recommendations, how can you tie recommendations to a monetary value before they've even recommended it? So using things like uh, click-through rates, conversion rates, and average order value to be like, look, if you want value, this is the value of getting this keyword to position five, position four, position three, position two, position one. And if they can see the monetary value for that, they're more likely to kind of be able to get the buy-in. Like, all right, this is could be worth £10,000 a month or whatever. I think just tying it back to that monetary value kind of helps to show value from the beginning. So, I mean, it's not always obvious, though, about – I'll jump in on that one as well afterwards. But Himani, do you, have you, do you want to jump in first? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, uh, you know, uh, I mean, many of – like I would say 70% of the clients that we have are from the tech and the SaaS industry, right? So they have a lot of targets on MQLs. Even more than SQLs, they are focusing on marketing qualified leads. So it's like, you know, that uh, if they want to see whether, you know, the services that we are providing that are value for money or not, it's something that, you know, as Sarah said, we have to tie it with the targets. And we always have, you know, whenever we pitch the services, we always have those smart goals attached to the proposal. So what happens is that they can understand that, okay, these many conversions we are expecting it by the end of this, uh, say, quarter or something like that, right? So we have to tie that. And say, for example, when we see that we are maybe halfway or even say uh, below that, right? Below those targets. So we that on that month itself, we take the precautions and we take the clarification calls and everything. And we uh, uh, try and set the another milestone to achieve. Because what happens is if we don't let them know right in the advance, they will feel like that we were not proactive enough to take the uh, you know right decisions at the right time. So that's why, you know, we also bind the, you know, goals that we want to achieve on the MQLs, SQLs and the traffic. And then we have to constantly monitor it and make sure that even if we are not able to achieve, that's fine. They they, they don't look at that because, uh, uh, you know, SaaS founders and marketing heads are least concerned about, you know, whether uh, they are achieving those targets or not. But they are most interested to know whether we are in the right direction or not. So when you showcase that, that, okay, we are progressing, but the pace is slow then it's fine. They, they are okay with it. But at least they should be uh, having that feeling that, okay, they are in the right hands. These people know what they are doing. So I think, I think the, the, I, so I think you, 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 you mentioned, you know, uh, money, monetary qualified or qualified leads. And anyway, you were, you were talking yeah. in terms of leads. Sarah was talking in terms of traffic and Jake was turning in talking in terms of rankings. And I think therein lies my, my sort of second dig further kind of question, because I, I suspect that it's and, and until you've jumped on one of those choices um, and got the customer to buy in as to what you're going to be you know, measured against, the customer will have a tendency often to change what they consider to be value for money when they're just testing and you know, 
paying that monthly bill, they're kind of saying, well, what have I got? And they will uh, have a tendency, unless it's very, very clear, to uh, to choose which whichever one you're not going with. And I, I think that it's it's not easy to know which one to go with because to Sarah's metric of, of, of traffic, um, that would be great because you can sit there and say, well, it would have cost this much to get this much traffic from PPC, for example. Um, <clears throat> so you can show value for money from that point of view. But we all know that Hamani, if you if you had one good lead, would go one really spot on visitor, that person could could convert, and then your conversion rate is much better than the hundred or potentially thousand that come through from from uh, from not a, uh, a targeted PBC. And then Jake, your 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 challenge lies in the between because you know what's the difference in a value between a page one ranking and a page five ranking and a page ten ranking, uh, and then putting that across multiple keywords, it becomes a difficult thing for the customer to see. So I guess, uh, and then and then also, Jake, you make that point. I'm sorry, I'm sort of covering all, all, all of the things there and, and putting in another question, really. But, Jake, you, you make the point that different stakeholders may have different objectives. So, so the, the, your direct customer may have a vanity metric, but the CEO or the, the finance director probably has a how much cash am I paying out metric and the marketing officers is how many visitors coming in. So there's different stakeholders within there. So, uh, so I, I, I bring it back and say, well, you know, uh, is it a negotiation to try and uh, and set those targets to avoid uh, a an unsatisfied um, uh, uh, customer um, six months down the line, or are you do you always try and go in the same direction? I don't know if I said too much there, Jake. Your 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 mic's off. So yeah, I mean, I think it's always going to be a negotiation. Um, even if you kind of don't necessarily want it to be. Um, obviously, you're working with paying customers, and if they want to focus on, you know, obviously top-line revenue, traffic, things like that, are always going to be the the most important KPIs of success. Um, businesses want to spend more money with an SEO agency to make more money, and if they're not making more money, then obviously that's when the questions start. But there can be instances, like going back to kind of rankings, where if demand for a particular product category or brand or something like that has fallen and a client comes asking questions like, I'm not money, but you can show that actually, you know, fewer people are searching for this product than they were last year. And here's some kind of backup KPIs, things like rankings, and you can pull in data from, you know, search volumes, Google Trends, that kind of thing, to show that we have made SEO progress, but in order to kind of generate demand that's maybe not a job for seo that's maybe another channel himani sorry i want to jump in at all on that so i agree with jake 100 percent uh for me uh there is like this uh, uh workshop then help me uh then i was saying before with the analytics team then help me a little bit like okay you know you have all these stakeholders and make them be a little bit aligned also and and then there is also, when I'm doing the job, I will try to figure out also based on this, for example, which kind of page we are targeting. No, so some will have a search intent and will go more for conversions. I will go maybe more in that direction. Other, it will be just because they want to have a lot of leads. <laughs> so you go more in that direction and drive traffic there. So you have like. A, also that they take uh, to take into account. Okay, so Hemani, uh, sorry. I believe that you know I completely agree with Jake and Sarah. It's something that you know 
uh, that needs to keep going uh, and uh, what has happened with you know these days it's like you know uh, multi same queries would have you know indented results and everything so it's something that you know you cannot rely rely on say you know you've done something for 6 months and then there is nothing to do and nothing to go beyond uh, after 6 months it's nothing like that it's always ever evolving and because this is now you know uh, i mean uh, there is a lot to go beyond you know just uh, rankings is something that we also know that these days after covid people have started taking a lot of time to convert right so it's not something that they should only look at seo for driving you know business it's the holistic approach that they had to take uh, for digital marketing to make sure that every channel helps the other to make sure the business keeps going and the demand generation uh, you know keeps on improving uh, fair enough so the, the the um the thing then is uh if you've got individual individual objectives for individual customers and they they're all unique and and I led you down this road for this question so you know uh, and they then you've got all of your customers with a different kind of uh, mentality of what they consider as value for money one's one's pounds and pence or dollars and cents and one's you know visitors and one's uh, leads and one's you know rankings um doesn't that give a problem internally within agencies to try and develop internal systems that are going to help the agency grow because if every customer is totally different does that mean that every seo consultant within your agency has to be a a real expert and you know really uh uh at the front of their game to be able to keep up or do you think there's a opportunity for different agencies to take different approaches if that's if that's a harsh question for anybody then then that's fine but Jake seems to be happy to jump in so no yeah i'll i'll take that one i mean to be honest i think all of the different things that you've just listed with that in, within that question you know rankings revenue traffic are things that an SEO performance report would include anyway. It's right. just more so when you're delivering kind of the insights or going through it with a client, maybe you would kind of lean towards one particular part of that. You know, is that the revenue? Do they want to look at, you know, user engagement of pages, things like that? I think generally you are going to be reporting on all those things, but it's more so how you then communicate success with the client as with that data. That's a fair point. Okay. So, you, and which you said the first time around is primary results and secondary results, which is a, a fair, uh, fair way to, so you kind of uh, ha have them all and then you just decide what the key, key performance indicator is for, for that particular client. Okay. What happens though, when you uh, jump in there and uh, six months down the road, you don't see results. Um, now it may not be entirely your fault because we do know as agencies that, uh, you know, as Jake said, you know, he can, he can produce the work to a good standard, give it to the customer and then the customer doesn't, um, act upon it. Uh, and I know from previous, uh, previous, uh, um, knowledge panel shows that uh, this is something that happens that, you know, the customer pays for all of your uh, advice and consultancy, then doesn't do anything about it, and then blames you for it not happening. Um, how are you going to get around that one, Himani? I mean, that's so common, uh, especially because, you know, uh, the development, uh, I mean, we uh, don't develop and design in-house, right? So, like, the developers and the development team are with them, right? So, what happens is whenever we recommend any UX suggestions or any tech implementations, 
it takes almost say they will say that it is in pipeline it is in pipeline but nothing goes you know as per expectations and then after two months three months they are like uh, where do we stand and and then we are saying when we are saying that you know this was uh, given long time ago and because the business owners were not in uh, you know loop they were like you know okay we don't know that this didn't uh, go ahead and uh, you should have asked us and everything so it's like you know pretty crazy experience when um, you know the development side implementations are not done and uh, uh, even these days i mean we have seen with many um, saas companies who have signed up with us they are using webflow and not wordpress right so they are so much keen about not sharing their webflow you know user access to us so that we can update the blogs and everything on our end so it's like we feel like okay please come on here i mean we need to implement these things otherwise we won't be having any control and we won't be able to show you any results at the end of the month so we have to just keep on poking on slack channels and everything that you know hey please go go and just let get these things done i mean i can just relate it with my today's conversation i mean i was poking the client since 3 days that we need those landing pages live if they want to be live we are not going to help you with anything I love this. I, I really hit the. I really hit the the the, the, the key of the problem here, didn't I? Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, you got the same sort of uh, same sort of feelings and uh, issues. So, so, uh, so the advantage. Then, as I said at the beginning, I work for a development company. You know, so in it took me four years now, but I have a clear vision how to bypass all these kind of problems. Oh, so. How? <laughs> How? So the secret is to understand the working sprint, know when the sprints are happening. So even uh, when I work with external clients, my first question is, who is responsible for the development team? Can I speak to the developer directly and have their phone number? Second thing, uh, they work with a PO, no? normally project. Owner, it depends what they use, Scrum or no. But normally it's like this. So you want to have the number of the PO. You want to know what is their the favorite um, way of communicating with the PO, and you want to make sure to persecute him. To make sure, then when you persecute him, you arrive to put your tickets in the sprint as you want it. So normally they will always be yeah but uh, we have like a sprint in a week and it's already booked. No problem. Next sprint is in a month. Okay, I can wait. But let's already go up in the hierarchy and prepare it for next month. So So you yeah. so you're you're assuming that all your customers are using proper agile um, <laughs> agile sort of lean systems. No, no. No, no, that if they are like this, if uh, you just have, for example, a developer or somebody then will implement, what you have to do is just persecute the developer. I mean, at a certain point, it, it, they cannot avoid you forever. Do you, do you, do you, I don't mean to pick you up on your like. Do you mean persecute <laughs> or or uh, uh, pursue? No, no, persecute really, call them. Cheers. Okay. Hello, I'm Sarah. How are you? Okay. Uh, that that, 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 that sounds more like pursue to me. Persecute means put ah, them in jail. Ah, okay, a lot of pursue. <laughs> sorry, a lot of is pursuit. Okay, so wrong but, uh, wording, but you got it correct. Got that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I, 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 I apologize for that. I mean, my, no, thank my, you. My, my Italian is a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, so no, I shouldn't no, no. really pick you At up on that. At least I learn a new word now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, uh, one of the things that um, 
Inlinks does, and because the show's sponsored by Inlinks, is a good chance to give them a plug here. Uh, that um, you know, uh, the, the the good thing about Inlinks' system is that is that it's it's a software as a service, so it's not we're not a, an agency like like you guys, um, but. Uh, we're injecting via uh, a, a line of JavaScript. And one of the advantages that that has, and then the JavaScript will add the schema uh, and uh, add the internal linking. So uh, we've got a lot of agencies who end up using our tool, not necessarily because you know they wanted to use our tool, but because the only thing they've got access to is Google Tag Manager, and at least now, with you know, we we, we can we can install the the code using Google Tag Manager, and then they've got control of the schema and they've got control of the internal linking, which gives them a huge advantage and doesn't they don't have to go back to the vet developers. So, and do you, do you think do you think there's a future now, possibly now that Google's so good at uh, a JavaScript that there's a possibility to develop those kind of ideas of Getting around, you know, finding places where you don't have to uh, to to harass the the agency's developers. I mean, another way in is is Cloudflare and doing things on the edge, which is probably a bit more high tech, but or, or technical. But both those opportunities exist. Do you think there's mileage in those, or do you think that's a short lived approach? I think it sounds great. Uh, I think actually, like trying to sell that in with a client about you know being able to just you know slip things in through that way, it might be um, a little bit of a harder. <laughs> might sell. depend on the client then. If, yeah. you, if, if, if the client's going to trust you, then that's the thing it, to do. Exactly, it's all down to trust when it comes to something like that. I, some clients, um, especially if it's like some someone in the finance sector or. Um, someone else in like a your money your life situation, there, there's probably going to be some level of kind of uh, well you know, t- things that need ticked off internally by legal and things like that. Um, mm. Even if it is just simple, like I want to change an internal link or something, um, some some businesses, the the wording and things like that might come down to kind of brand teams or legal teams and things like that. But in an ideal world, it sounds great. Um, I just can't say being able to be used across like all businesses. Then, Hermione, what about another way to address uh, address it and and have when you start a contract some kind of escalation procedure? So when you're not getting that you know response from your direct report, you've already got something in place to say, you know, if if it's not moving forward, you know, whether it's you're not happy with with your direct report or your direct report is not happy with the relationship with uh, with with you they've both both sides have got a way to escalate it without it going straight to uh straight to i'd like to cancel my account what do you think <laughs> of that about that yeah it's like you know uh, usually what we do is you know we try and get, gather the reports and we try and indirectly tell them that okay we planned this much and we have not reached the here Right. So we try and uh, pick up their nerves, which is on the, you know, uh, results, right? The results that they have, uh, uh, you know, put in us that, you know, hey, you guys need to achieve these targets by this month. So we just try and uh, share with them that, okay, this was the planned on the state and here we stand here. And these are the metrics on the analytics just to inform you. That's it. And we just keep, let, let them, you know, take the decision on what's not going. And then they will pick it up with the team members and they will tell them that, okay, what is not working and everything. Because uh, most of the time what happens is uh, we are talking with marketing heads and obviously they are developer as well. But sometimes, as Sarah said, they have their sprints to work upon and that's why they don't prioritize those activities. So there it's when you share these reports with business owners and marketing heads, they feel really bad that, okay, this is not working because of us. So then they will escalate it. 
So that's how it has worked with us. Okay. All right. Fair deeds. Uh, so, guys, uh, we're already at 45 minutes. So uh, I'm going to uh, just before I ask uh, you guys to tell tell people how they can get hold of you and, and everything, I want to bring David back in, if I can, uh, to tell us about the next episode and uh, where we should be going. Well, superb conversation today. I'm sure it could have gone on for a lot longer, but um, hopefully we're going to have another just as good one next month. Um, it's um, a great topic. Episode number 26 will be on Monday, the 15th of August. That will be on how to use log files for SEO. Uh, we've already got all the guests booked for that one. And the three guests are Jerry White, Sophie Brannan and Stephen Van Vessem. Monday, the 15th of August. That's going to be 4 p.m. UK time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time in the US. Just go to theknowledgepanelshow.com to sign up to watch that one live. Excellent. If you can find another lady on that one, that'd be great because I just, uh, you know, but uh, uh, that's uh, that's a great crowd coming on already. So it'd be absolutely brilliant. I look forward to that. So, uh, Sora, Hamini, Himani, and, uh, and Jake, um, before you go, why don't you tell people, you know, just remind people who you are and how they can get in contact with you? Himani, why don't you go first? Okay, wonderful. Uh, well, I am, uh, I mean, I'm reachable on Twitter, LinkedIn, and even you can search my name on Google and you will find me everywhere. So you can, you know, connect with me on Twitter. You can email me and my website's URL is digital.com. So you can, you can look at my website and you can search my name on Google and you can Connected with. Okay, digital.com And uh, yeah, people can't see your name. So it's H uh, I M A N I K A N K A R I A. Have to do that. So uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks very thank much. <laughs> Jake, how do they get hold of you and Reprise Digital? Yep. So um, yeah, I'm Jake Gauntley. Name is J A K E G A U N T L E Y. Um, search that on LinkedIn, on Twitter. You'll find me on there. Um, and reprisedigital.co.uk for reprise. And Sarah, how about you? How do they find you? So I'm also LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, and I think just on these two. Uh, so, and uh, probably as my name is Sarah, and that is easy without H, Moko, M O C C A N D. So just search for Sarah Mocon and it will come out Sarah Mocon Sayeg. And you can find me on LinkedIn, on Twitter. And if you want to make your life super easy, just go to Leap, L-E-E-P, which is the company that I work for. You search for people and you will find me. Brilliant. Okay. Thanks very much, guys. I really appreciate you all coming on today. Thanks to Monsi, to T Huts, and to Guatam, who all sort of were uh, sending us comments in the uh, in the uh, um, live feed. Uh, if you do want to come on to the live one next time, keep an eye out uh, or sign up on the YouTube channel, uh, and you'll get a notification. Guys, thanks very much, and uh, see everybody in Thank Internet you. Wonderland. Thank you. It was wonderful, man.